there, lollygaggers. <laughs> you know, Irby, those Rangers fans out there, they, they know I like Texas all too well. Up until this year, they didn't hear it very often. But for the first time, you know, they got to hear it the last game of the season. Yes, last game of the season. Last game of the season and smiling. We've done the last game of the season before. Didn't go so great, but this time, nice to do it with a smile. <laughs> yes. That's actually I should have clarified uh, the last game, like of, of like all the baseball season, not just the regular season. <laughs> I should have been more clear. All right, well, we are lollygagging sports. <laughs> Bo Reed, that's Matthew Irby, and Samantha Button is with us as well. We're going to talk a little bit about this World Series off the top, Irby. Let's stay with you. Uh, it's been a week. Has it set in yet? Uh, yeah, it has. I've had, I've, I've definitely had my moments throughout the week where I just have that pause and, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that happened. That really did happen <laughs> and everything. And so, pinch your arm, you know. Just uh, but it's, um, I, I was fortunate, you know, and a couple friends of ours were actually there, Dallas and Kevin. Um, so it's been great catching up with them. Uh, throughout the week, uh, just you know, here and there for side, but but it's also been fun just to chat with longtime Ranger fans who I respect and and mm-hmm. really care about their opinion. Just hearing what it meant for them and and, and what stuck out and what was what do you what are you going to remember and things like that. So that's that's been a lot of fun and uh, yes, a, a a far less stressful week. Although I I will admit I've been playing MLB the Show a lot because I'm just not done with baseball yet. If I got to do it on a video game, got to do it on a video game. And if I got to rewatch some of the games, got to rewatch some of the games. You know, <laughs> Samantha, it's interesting he says that because a week ago, I basically just kind of collapsed out of exhaustion <laughs> from this this playoff run uh, that had that I've been on for the last month. I just I was so tired at the end of it. I just slept. And it finally hit me, I think, parade day that they had actually done it. But I just slept. I I, I don't I don't know how else how else to describe it. Like, like we've we've like Rangers fans have had all kinds of different emotions. That was mine, Samantha. I just I just collapsed. What were your thoughts on the World Series? <laughs> well, I, I can't say that I've experienced it personally yet. Um, although I I too feel deeply exhausted at the end of every baseball season. It was just a better kind of exhaustion this year than it has been in, in the recent past. Um, I didn't have that, like, you know, I'm kind of glad this is over. I need a break from this. This time around, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to run through a wall. It's going to be my turn next. Like, my friends won a World Series. This is awesome. Now I'm mad there's no baseball. It's a different type of exhaustion, you know, the nice contented sleep to know that like if it couldn't be your team this is the one you wanted and congratulations to both of you as sort of my baseball people who are outside of the the guardian circle are mostly rangers fans red sox fans and phillies fans so these are kind of the other fan bases where like it makes me really happy (laughs) when they win and you guys in particular were probably at the top of my list because you're the ones who are Well, I guess I can't say the Guardians have never won, but they've never won in my lifetime. Um, And you guys didn't have one. So you guys, I wanted you guys to get this more than anyone else. And so I think it's awesome. I'm I'm super, super excited for you guys. I think this is great. We had a fun World Series for the first time in forever. Mm -hmm. So that was good for everybody, for the whole sport. And I just have one remaining question for you, which is, is that a real song? That thing that you played at the beginning? Is that a real song? that is that is I like Texas by Pat Green, and it is it is the victory song every Rangers win. That's what you hear right out oh. right out of the gate. Okay, so at some point, somebody write this down. We need to do a podcast segment on who has the best victory song in baseball because it is absolutely not the Guardians. 
Um, and I'm pretty sure I now feel that it is not the Rangers. Um, <laughs> I, I have some thoughts on this. There are a couple that I actually do really, really like. I don't necessarily like the teams associated with them, but there are some that I think are quite good and some that are quite bad. And unfortunately, Cleveland Rocks ranks very close to the bottom. Um, uh, yours is better than ours because at least yours sounds like it's a bit tongue-in-cheek. Um so I, I can't say I've ever heard that before. The things you, you don't know in certain parts of the country. But at some point, uh, we really ought to do a segment talking about these. Because some of them are great and some of them are like, eh, you know. And then some of them, my own team, unfortunately, included in this group, are terrible. <laughs> I mean, I guess in a way it's like mascots. You know, some are good, some are awful. Um, this Well, one- that's true. Yeah. So this one I actually had to I actually edited because while like like the, like the opening beats of it are some of my favorite tunes right like some of my favorite notes uh, mainly because I I immediately put in my head that the Rangers are just one. Well, I said that's your Pavlov association. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. But I had to do the edit because the the part of the the lyrics of the first verse has the, has Houston in it and I just wasn't going to have that. Tonight. Oh no! No! Oh no! I, I wouldn't no, know they part of that. Should edit that out of the song. <laughs> actually, um, I agree. <laughs> and now we're gonna have another round. Of, it could be the Texas Rangers at the whole state. If we, there's a reason it's the Texas Rangers. That was a thing, dummies. Um, okay, you do that again. Oh boy, <laughs> that gets relitigated every off season. I thought you, I, 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 I just. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be that. It's going to be the number of people who attended the parade. It's the, we're going we're gonna to do this every year. <sighs> Except we're not going to do it. We're not. We don't have to. Like, you know, flags fly forever. Whatever. Like, we, this podcast now has a World Series. Yes. So we're not, we, don't, we no longer care what anyone has to say about anything because flags fly forever. <laughs> we're just kidding. We care about what some of you have to say. Not all of you, but some of you. Uh, <laughs> Oh boy! Are we anything else on the uh, on the World Series before we put it to bed and get and start getting into the off season here? Well, I mean, yeah, I could talk all day, all night long, but you know, well, of course, yeah. Um, <laughs> I look. It, it's been it was wonderful. It was great to experience it with friends. It was great to experience it with you guys too, as well. Um, I it it was just. I mean, for all the Ranger fans listening, you know, I mean, it was it was a blast. It was a lot of fun, and and. Uh, I'm ready to, you know, run it back and bring back some of the guys and let's do this again. And uh, so, although I, I, Samantha and I have already, we, we made it off off camera deal um, to get the Guardians a win next year. Um, oh, so I did I. Totally up. Yeah, yeah we, well, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's, we it's the getting the get the every other year. So I'm fine with the every other year Guardians. This is your 2024. 20, Go for it. Get it done. Yeah. 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 <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Kind of interesting that Bochi with the Rangers is going to be the odd years. That's fine. Oh, because well, yeah. it was the NL, NL even years, so now you're in the AL, odd years. There's there's some symmetry here. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, I know. I forgot I'd have this conversation with both of you because, Bo, I was thinking of you and I had had, like, we have had a lot of, like, very, like, rah-rah conversations over the years because I think that it's just the nature of, of us as people. It but really this was, is. like, the most rah-rah conversation we had ever had. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah, Rangers, yeah, Guardians, yeah. It was like, oh, my gosh, I'm sure we sound crazy right now. But you know what? That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> All right, well, it, was, it, was, it was great. <laughs> that was a fun conversation. Like, I enjoyed the hell yeah. out of that. <laughs> yeah, see, this is what I mean. Like baseball, baseball makes you feel good, right? It's like I think we just forgot that over the last couple of years because it has not been a, a happy place to be, and now it is again. Thank you, Rangers. We all owe you a great debt. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm also fairly certain I was in the middle of one of many celebration cigars. So um, <laughs> it's been a few of those over the last week. <laughs> so. So if I cough, that's why. No, I didn't inhale, but the, you know they still make you cough. So that's just, okay, Bill Clinton. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Bill Clinton's not cool enough for cigars. Um, are, are you remembering this? Is, this is a PG-rated podcast, but you don't remember the story about the cigar? Let's okay. You know what? Let's not get into that. This is this is worth for. Families, we're not for families. We're we're not for not families. <laughs> Put it that way. We would not discuss this any further. Oh my goodness! 
<laughs> All right, let's let's get into the baseball offseason. Uh, and then, of course, a little bit later on, we'll talk some NFL. But uh, this is, you know, a, a, a baseball first podcast for those that don't know that. Um, so let, let, let's start. I, I You know what? I want to start with the qualifying offers here, Samantha, because it was set at over $20 million this year, which, I mean, we all knew that amount was coming. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a little surprised it didn't happen sooner, but still, it crossed $20 million for the first time. What are your thoughts there? Well, I mean, I think, like you said, it was kind of inevitable, and it, it doesn't really matter, but it's the, the shock of seeing that, too, show up there. Right. It just kind of makes you go, and it makes you wonder, like, how are people going to react to this? How are players going to react? How are teams going to react? Um, and we only saw, we had, what, seven qualifying offers? So, I mean, yes. we can go through and talk about who, if anybody, think we think will actually take them and what the consequences of that will be. But, yeah, I mean, it's a shocking amount in the sense of, like, we're like, whoa, like, this has really gotten up into, like, the, it, it makes you think twice, right? Even though it's not actually an exponential increase compared to other years. It's just that we've now gotten to a point where like the sticker shock is very real. Um, even if the rate of inflation does make sense. Yeah. So there were seven offers given out. Not, not a real surprise on the seven. Atani, Cody Bellinger, Josh Hader, Blake Snell, Aaron Nola, Sonny Gray and Matt Chapman. Those those were the qualifying offers extended. I don't. Do you see any of them accepting that, Samantha? I don't think. I don't see a single one. Uh, well, let's see. Otani's definitely a no. Um, I can't see Nola doing it because he doesn't need to. Um, the two in San Diego, I assume, want to get away from San Diego, so that's <laughs> going to be a no. Um, that's I, a safe I, assumption. I, can uh, Chapman, I think, can do better. Bellinger's going to want a multi-year deal. So right. that really only leaves um, uh, Gray, who's the only person on here who I could see taking this. And even him, you know, I think he could do better. I mean, I just, to me, he's forever going to be shoe guy for when he had that chance and ripped his shoe off on the mound and, and then, <laughs> like, wouldn't put it back on. That was a weird day. But, um, I you know, even he, I, I think, would you would expect him to, to seek a multi-year deal. But if anybody took it, I think that's the person who would take it. But I, I think we're going to get seven notes here. And, and see, that's the one I want to take it is Sonny Gray. Because <laughs> Me too. You, you, it just came out today that the Twins are planning to cut payroll. Right. Yeah, they ran out of TV money apparently. Right. Yeah, um. we're we're, cu- we're cutting payroll. I think it would be absolutely hilarious if Sonny Gray actually took it and they were stuck with that twenty million dollar <laughs> oh, No take backs. No take backs. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. They were like, "Well, we have to cut payroll because we're out of TV money." It's like, bro, everybody's out of TV money right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> There are 11 other franchises still mixed up with Diamond Sports Group that are going to be out of money soon. It's not just you. Yo. <laughs> Irby, how about you? What are your thoughts here on these qualifying offers? Uh, well, <laughs> I, okay, so the serious, yeah, Sunny Gray is the same one. That's the only one I see. I don't think Chapman. Everyone else needs to do it. Um, I you know, the Sunny Gray, I, yeah, man, that would I, I'm with y'all. It would be great if that happened because I could see the Twins immediately announcing, uh, we're sellers. And a reporter probably asking, <laughs> oh, you mean at the deadline? No, right now. We're, we're, we're sellers. <laughs> the whole team. Then again, I guess the Padres would be the same thing if both guys were to take it. You know, they, you can't take out another $40 million loan after taking out a $50 million loan, right? So... Uh, yeah, Padres definitely need the same thing. Please don't, please don't do it. But yeah, I'm I seven nos. I think this is the e- easy seven nos. There's no random, you know, like Martin Perez in there, or something like that. So I think, yeah, seven nos. Kind of amazing the qualifying offer and how it's evolved since we since it was first introduced. It seems like a long time ago. Only seven, only seven qualifying offers uh, shipped out. All right, let, let's shift gears then. Uh, the, the the other big topic at the moment. Because uh, it's way too early for hot stove, unfortunately. As much as I would love to jump in the hot stove, it's not quite warm yet. Uh, but these managerial openings have been fascinating. Samantha, I want to start, obviously, with what happened with Craig Council and the Brewers and the Mets and the Cubs and whoever the hell else was in on Craig Council. No one saw the Cubs coming because, oh, that's right, they had a pretty good manager in place. 
already. So what the heck happened here? Obviously, the Brewers <laughs> gave him permission to look for something. Normally, you'd have a trade of some kind, but we're not getting that because it's baseball and baseball is weird. I don't, I, what do you make of this? I mean, the whole thing, it was the weirdest day ever, right? Like, the, you know, so the Guardians announced their hire, which was actually happened on Friday. They just waited until Monday to announce it. And more on that in a minute. Don't worry, guys. Um, and it just kicked off this whole like okay and now the Mets and now Craig Council and there was this very brief period in there where we were getting this stuff that it was like oh it's not the Mets and it's not the Guardians and you're like okay so we all thought Houston and then no one stopped to consider the Cubs because they didn't need a manager right so it's like the whole thing is just like I don't know it feels pretty gross to me like I feel bad for the people in Milwaukee although I do understand that like you know, I think what that, you know, the Brewers offered 5.5 and it's like, yeah, and when did they offer that? Did, did they try to lowball him first, you know, and then they came back with that once they realized that, <laughs> oh, you know, this we're playing in a different market now. So I, I could see how that could happen. But I understand why the people there were upset to do this and go to a division rival. But, like, mostly I kind of can't get past how, like, dirty both he and the Cubs did David Ross. And this is more the Cubs' fault than it is his. But, like... I don't appreciate hearing all the stuff from him about, you know, he's going to reset the market and managers are underpaid. Like, oh, yeah, you're a real man of the people. You, you're you going to reset the market on managerial salaries by getting someone else fired to do it. Like, yeah, you're, you're a real credit to your profession. I, I just think it's kind of gross and distasteful. And, you know, I understand, like, from the franchise perspective, you think this is an upgrade. I'm not sure I think that's true. Craig Council's never won anything. Um, he's certainly very well regarded, and that's fine. Um, but they screwed over a guy who was a hero to that franchise, won a World Series for them, is by all accounts a great guy. And while we don't know if he's an exceptional manager, he's certainly not a bad one. And, you know, like, he has the same number of World Series rings as a manager as Craig Council, which is zero. So, um you know, I, I just thought the way they went about it was kind of gross. And counsel, you know, it's like, just be honest, man. Just say, I was chasing the money. Or I think there's a better shot to win there or whatever. But don't act like you're taking a bullet by taking on the highest salary because you wanted to help the industry. Like, you were going to reset the market no matter where you signed. Mm -hmm. And instead, you did it with the highest bidder and you got a guy fired. So, yeah, please, please stop telling me about what a hero to managers you are because you took somebody else's job to do it. I just think it's gross. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Take, take a page out of Andy Pettit's book. You did something that no one likes. Be honest about why you did it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Do that. Now, uh, one thing, you know, just in terms of the baseball, right? And just let's, it just forget all the, the side stuff in this move. Just, just the pure baseball. I still don't think Craig Council is going to manage in the World Series. I don't. I don't think his management style is going to get anyone there. But at least at the bare minimum, we're going to find out: is it the cheap Brewers that couldn't give him the roster he needed, or is it him? We're going to find well, out I which one it is. Will we ever really know? Because like, who's to say? It's not the same team, you know. So like, the Brewers are going into a soft rebuild, so there's no chance they're going to go without him. And going over to the Cubs, it's like, but who's to say David Ross wouldn't have been able to do the same thing? That's fair, you know. Yeah. So it's like, is Craig Council ever going to manage in the World Series? Maybe, but it won't be because he's such a good manager. There are very few people who can manage their way to the World Series. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I can count them on one hand. <laughs> And one of them just retired, and one of them just won one. Right. Most other people, it's just you stay out of the way. Craig Council, I know he's the very, like, you know, darling of a lot of segments of the baseball world, but I don't understand it. I'm not saying it's a bad manager. I'm just saying, like, what is it about this guy that people want to, like, anoint him as such? I don't get it. I mean, is it the analytics, Irby? Is, is it the analytics crowd that has propped him up on this pedestal of lies that's what we'll start calling it now the pedestal of lies Miguel you sit on a throne of lies the pedestal of lies can we let's, let's... Yeah. pedestal you of sit lies. on a throne of lies and now I want to watch Elf <laughs> it's sitting number one on Netflix yeah. just so you know yeah. <laughs> there you go 
Um, well, and, and I'm glad you threw that movie out because I was going to do the uh, another direction too of this. Craig Council see himself as Norma Ray, like I'm doing this for the people and all the other managers and. <laughs> Oh gosh! I so yeah, that for, Samantha, I'm with you too. Uh, I even heard one comparison saying, "Yeah, it makes more sense to be a college football coach than a major league baseball manager." What? How did that get in the conversation? What? I, 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 apples to hammers, apples to hammers. But <laughs> oh, whatever, Craig. I yeah, the, um, I I'm with you. I I, I well, to, yes, your point. I, it is. I'm assuming this is the analytics crowd, and uh, you doesn't come with just one person. Um, <laughs> that, that might be what's interesting here is that that's kind of a whole team thing, whole department, uh, not, a, not a single individual. So, uh, yeah, I don't buy the – I needed a new challenge and everything. You say that like you, you know, conquered the hill in Milwaukee or, or, or maybe that was the Brewers thing. Like, we're just looking to win divisions. We, we didn't want to do anything else. That was the goal. So in that case, I guess he does need a new challenge because that was always the goal, right? No, you didn't actually accomplish the goal, so you can't go looking for a new challenge. That's not how this works. But Dave Ross, yeah, Dave Ross, the, the, what was done there was the worst part. I, that's just wow for for everything that he was, you know, the 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 people's catcher for the Cub faithful through the the World Series run and all that, and then to do this and man, that's uh. Wow. Okay. I mean, it's again, great. Yeah, it's not like they fell off the table at, during through the season. Like this is a Cubs team that actually, we can argue, was actually playing better than what we thought they were going to do this season. Like they, right, I, yeah. I mean, there were some, there were some definitely rocky points, but it wasn't, you know, a, a you weren't trying. They weren't going all in. This wasn't a year we thought the Cubs would win. So how do you? And it's, that is what I just don't get sometimes. Of. How is this on the manager? Like he's not the reason you were losing. You guys weren't competing for a title this year. You can going forward, and Ross could have been a big part of that. But whatever. I you know I mean you guys know my stance, and I know it's what we're about to get into Samantha as well. But I you know catchers make the greatest managers, and you guys just got rid of a catcher for a guy who has a ten foot high bat when he's about to swing. So good luck. There is one exception to that. You know, Mister Osmus wasn't all that great. Well, yeah, there's always an exception for it. <laughs> Wasn't all that good of a catcher either. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. You know, th- he has been linked to that Houston vacancy, so, you know, fingers crossed. Oh, oh the good Lord willing. Oh. <laughs> all right, Samantha, let's let, let, let's talk Guardians. Let's talk Stephen Vaught. I, I know that you, you've told us this was the uh, the favorite amongst the Guardians faithful. Uh, what, do you, what, what are your thoughts here? Well, even this was certainly my preferred candidate, or at least of the people who were remaining in the pool towards the end. Um, I, I think, you know, I was definitely on the Mike Napoli train for a while, and it just kind of started looking like that wasn't going to happen. Um, the internal candidates were few and far between. There wasn't really anybody who was a good fit. I obviously did not want Craig Council, in case anyone, in case that hasn't become clear, not a big Craig Council fan. Also, I don't think you hire the person who screwed you as a player in the World Series. That's like bad juju. I agree. So I just, I can't with that. Um, Also, I don't want all of our games to last eight hours. And I don't believe in the the myth of Craig Council. I just don't believe in it. So, um, you know, that left basically three people in the pool. And the other two were fine. Um, You know, my second choice would have been McCullough, who's, you know, to date not been given a manager's job, although there are still some openings, but I am so stoked about Stephen Boggs. Like, I think that it's really different to hire a manager after the previous manager retired than when the one before was fired, because you're not looking for somebody who has a ton of experience and who has all their guys that they like having around them. Like, because you're not trying to fix something that's broken. You don't want somebody bringing in a new system. You want somebody who can integrate into the system you have, which means you want somebody who is not particularly experienced, not coming with a cadre of people, because you want to keep the people who you have in your system around them, and you want them to learn your way. So I'm very happy to have a manager who's inexperienced, especially a guy who comes in as humble and as eager to learn as Stephen Vogt has basically said, you know, he said in an interview, and there have been many, many wonderful clips of him that make you want to run through a wall for this guy, but what makes me think he's going to be a good manager, especially for this situation, is, you know, we saw him talking to Chris Rose, um, where he was basically saying, 
yeah, I think I'd be a good manager. I think I have the right qualities for it, but like, I'm going to need people around me to help me. And I want people around me who are better at this than me, who can tell me what I need to do. So he is very open to kind of integrating into the guardian system. There's been a lot of talk about wanting to keep pitching coach Carl Willis around, you know, Carl Hale. Tito obviously is still an involved member of the organization. This is what you want. If it's not broken, don't break it. So I think this is great. I am so excited. He's a good culture fit. This team is weird, and they need some things that maybe other teams don't need, and they don't need things that other teams do need. It's a strange group of guys that reacts strangely for a baseball team, and they kind of need somebody who's like the give-you-a-hug guy. That's just what right. this roster is and the way this team is constructed. And I think this guy will be a very, very good fit for this particular group and a guy who can assimilate easily into the program. All right, Irby, uh, what do you think here with with with, uh, with the VOD hire? What are your thoughts? I will first of all, about the same boat, I want the hug, too. I would love a, a hug from Stephen Vaught. Um, just oh, that would. kind of a guy. Like, Yeah, exactly. But... It's the you, you talked about the humble. You've, you've seen the things that he he has done. I mean, I, one of the images that sticks with me was the day, the day he's retiring from baseball, before the home run in his last at bat, which is just the the poetry beauty of baseball. But the day of before the game, he is out there taking catching. He's running through catching drills on blocking balls in the dirt. The guy is retiring in three hours, and he's out there working on blocking balls in the dirt. That's the kind of – I mean, that is the person you want to play with. That's the person. We, we, we've seen leadership before. You know, it's the outspoken, boom, all that. And then we got guys like this, and, and, and we've seen some others throughout this postseason as well where they just lead by example, and Stephen appears to be one of those. And like you said, this is a, a Guardians team that's um, a little bit different than a lot of clubhouses in a good way. And this is the kind of guy you want. This is the, so. Yes, I I was very excited about this hire. And I'm I'm happy to hear the Guardians fans are too because this is the kind of guy that's going to come in and he's going to connect with players and he's going to get the most out of players. And 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 and, and that's a weird phrase because we've seen before where managers squeeze too much out of a player for a bad reasons. You know, it, 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 it not bad reasons in a bad way. This is different. This is this is the kind of manager that you want to play with. You want to be a part. You, you will listen to what he's going to say. And, and I mean, I've made it very obvious before. I believe catchers just know that much more about the game. They understand that much more about the game. You're involved in every single aspect of the game. And that's why I think it makes so much sense that a, a, a smart catcher can be a great manager. And this is an example of this is a guy that take out the connection that we have here with a Guardians fan on here and a Guardians fan base listening. You know, that excitement, I just hope Stephen does well, period. And for him to start off in Cleveland, awesome. This is this is 2024. 2024, good start. It actually would be kind of fun if we could just start alternating, you know, you know, Rangers in the in the odd years and Guardians in the even. I'm okay with that. I'm on board with this. That works for me. Yeah, I'm happy to take every other year off so that you guys can have a year and then we just flip back. This sounds great. Yeah, it like, sounds glorious. Let's yeah. do that. Samantha, one last question on 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 VOD before we get into these other managerial hires, because uh, because I, I got the sense just talking to you about this that the idea was to have someone come in that wouldn't necessarily be exactly like Tito, but close enough to where it was seamless. Is is, is that am I getting that correct? And, and and did they accomplish that with this hire? Yeah, I think so. And and this is kind of what I was talking about when I was saying that. Um, I think that if it's not broke, you don't break it. And because Tito is very involved in this and, and what they were doing was working. Um, you know, obviously they didn't win a world series. So, but you know, the management style, the way that the team is run is working really, really well. They're also, you know, again, let's come back to like, you know, dummies, 54% thing, Jerry DePoto, you know, they're one of those teams that for Tito's entire tenure there, they, they were over that 54% threshold. So this is a system that works. So you don't want to upset the apple cart. So you bring in somebody who you think both has the sort of right attitude and right style to mess with that system. But you also want somebody who's not super experienced. So they're not married to the idea of bringing in too much of their own. It's, it's not that we don't want him to have any of his own ideas or bring in any coaches. It's, it's not that at all. It's more about 
the fact that you want somebody who wants to kind of learn on your terms rather than somebody coming in and implementing something from outside. Sure. So I think that's good. And well, and let me ask you guys something about this. I, I was surprised to hear this. I mean, it's what I would have said, but I'm biased. But like, I people keep telling me, not guardians people, that they thought this was the most desirable job opening. Um, yeah. Which I, I mean, of course, I think that, and I understand the argument for it, which is that like you're going to have some freedom. It's considered a good organization to work for. It's relatively competitive, and you're not in a high pressure situation. So unless you just want money. I mean, yeah, I guess this was the best opening. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, I do. <clears throat> I think it's the most yeah. attractive. I mean, okay. in, in terms of like yeah, a manager coming in and being able to contend day one, it was Houston and then the Guardians. And who wants to be part of Houston? Who wants that? Right. Who wants that albatross around their neck? No, I, I, I always thought that the Guardians did have the the top opening for a manager. And I mean, Irby, going with a guy like, like Stephen Vaught, I mean, I'm happy for the guy. I, like I'm I, I pulling for him. I hope he does well. I hope the Guardians do well. Um, for him to get the, at least in my opinion, the most coveted and the best opening, I, I think is very appropriate. Uh, yes, for for all the positions that we knew were open, including the ones that we didn't think were open, like Chicago. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know uh, where yeah. that one stacked up. <laughs> I, this was all stuff I heard before anybody got hired, and it was like they were saying, like, basically, okay, so it's like Cleveland, Houston, Milwaukee, New York, um, and then, I guess, San Diego, and then I can duke it out for, I guess you want the, the San Diego. You know what I love about but, your list? <laughs> that, that, truthfully, yes, I, I agree with that, and and this, this pause is on purpose, and it's a nice long pause as we continue to drop down to that Anaheim job. That, oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazingly, someone took, someone took that job. Incredible. <laughs> someone took the Mets job, too. Although that one made a little more sense. Uh, yeah. Wild. <laughs> all right. So, yes, I, this, was, this was definitely of all the ones that we knew and didn't know. Um, oh, I guess we can't say that because maybe someone else randomly gets fired. You know, that's true. <laughs> I mean, is so as safe? of right now, at this moment, as we're recording, yes, this is the best available opening. <laughs> and friendly reminder: we record this show on Wednesday nights. So, so <laughs> if somebody gets, so if Pedro Grafal loses his job to David Ross tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we just would be an upgrade. Said, would be yeah. an upgrade, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Throwing it out there. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, at this point, I just want to see Buck Walter get the Mets of the West. I want to see that. The symmetry is too good to pass up. I know. He goes to the Mets. But you're going to gonna kill Buck. You're going to kill Buck. This will be the end of Buck. <laughs> no, you know what? Like, even better before getting there is if he takes the Houston job and does like a Josh McDaniels and like eight hours later goes, I'm out. Screw this. <laughs> oh, uh, that would be great. I don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> one, one conversation with Bregman will get that done. But, yeah, wouldn't that be great? Like, Buck, what happened? Man, I'm there for two hours already talking about cheating. Like, uh-uh. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> this was an orientation. <laughs> Like, there's something banging in the background. There's trash cans all over the place. This little tiny thing was running around my legs. Oh. <laughs> I wonder what the Astros would call that, their little Manhattan project. What would they call that? Oh. The juice box? The juice box. Come here. We've got to show you the juice box. No, I, I've been in this state. No, 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 no. The juice box. In, no, it has to have something to do with the Rangers since they seem obsessed with talking oh, okay, about the Rangers. Fair. And it doesn't have anything to do. Like, they're going to call it not the Rangers. Or something. The, the, um, the, the South Oklahoma Project, because that's apparently what they call the Rangers. They refer to the Rangers as the South Oklahoma Rangers, as opposed to the Texas Rangers, as as if that's supposed to be harmful. Um, I mean, what? Uh, that doesn't even make sense. It's Houston. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes sense with them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, move, moving on here. Um, so you mentioned you mentioned the Mets. They get Carlos Mendoza. Uh, Samantha, I've never seen a fan base or a group of analysts 
who follow New York sports, I've never, actually analyst is a strong word, radio jockeys in New York, let's put it that way. I've never seen a level of depression hit so quickly <laughs> that when Carlos yeah. Mendoza was announced as the manager of the Mets. It was... <laughs> I guess my question is, who is it that you thought you were getting? I mean, I guess the answer was Craig Council, right? But, like, I just, like... I, I feel bad for Carlos Mendoza because, like, well, yeah, he, he didn't seem like anything particularly exceptional to me as managerial candidate. He's fine, right? He's he's fine. You you could have done worse. Um, yeah. I, I guess the fact that he's not Craig Council was upsetting to them. Although I have to tell you, like, when I think about the, like the New York fan base, like, you would hate Craig Council. Like, if you think we hate Craig Council, you know who would really hate Craig Council? New York fans. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, that felt like a terrible idea. Um, and yet one that I thought would happen anyway, because we, we all thought he was, I guess, more married to Stearns than it turned out that he was. But, yeah, the depression is very real. It was like half of the town was like, oh, man, I, I just, I want to die. Like, probably because it's like they've never heard of this guy, right? And they were expecting a name or something. Right, yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay. And then the other half of the town is like, you think you got to be out? I'm still stuck with Aaron Boone. And you're like, Aaron Boone isn't even a bad manager. Like, <laughs> oh, no, let's not do this again. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, maybe, you know what? They can fire Aaron Boone and Carlos Mendoza can manage the Yankees and then Aaron Boone can manage the Mets. Let's just do that. We'll wife swap it. <laughs> Irby, what, what 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 is it with Mendoza? Why why is everyone in New York so depressed by this move? I I no idea. Like, what did what did you think? Like, there there wasn't going to be just. So I honestly, I have no idea. Like, like, what did you think was going to happen? Like, there wasn't going to be the. the I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I I guess that's what it for me. It is is what did you want? What either they you know, a clone of a Bruce Bochy or a Tito is not going to suddenly appear and just here, done, we're going to win now. Like, I... The, the, it's from what I've seen, and I mean, this is just a few years running now with the Mets, is the Mets are desperate to get to where the Braves are and to where the Phillies are, and, and have been there re- semi-recently. But there's no process. There's no, you know, it, a, this is going to take two years. Instead, it's every year you go into every year with a one-year plan, you know, and probably would ask, what's your five-year plan? Get it all done in one year. Like, mm-hmm. in one year, we're going to turn around immediately, around immediately, around immediately, and it just doesn't work. I mean, that's, I've been very critical switch on that. The, the Dallas Mavericks under Mark Cuban for so long, it was like every every two years he had a five-year plan. Like, that doesn't, that's not how this works. <laughs> like, you can't, like, hold on. <laughs> I never out. heard anybody phrase it that way, but you're exactly right. That yeah. if your five-year plan is five one-year plans. Uh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why it's like, uh, I, and so, like, this is not a bad move. Let it play out. I, it, it, I, I, I go back and forth at it sometimes of, like, can, can a manager be the difference in winning and losing championships? And I lean a little bit more towards a manager can definitely be the piece that keeps you from getting there. You know, I, I, I mainstay, and we saw that with speak Bochy. of Dave Roberts? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say any names, but sure, we can say Dave Roberts' name. <laughs> and then you get, you know, you do have mainstays like Bruce Bochy there who just, you know, it's even when you lose 16 out of 20 games, he's just, okay, business as usual, business as usual. Win 12 games in a row, business as usual. And that, that consistency, but that is, I, I, for me, I, in most cases, it feels like a manager can be the difference from you winning. and lo- a, a, Sorry, a manager can be the X factor that keeps you from being successful. And oh, yeah. I, the Mets have done enough in the the GM and the, you know, spending like drunken sailors. I know the Phillies thought they'd do that, but it was the Mets doing it. And, and then trading all those sailors <sighs> off to other teams who then were all in the, seemed to be in the championship series with the Mets pieces. That worked out great. I, look, it's, this is not a bad move. Chill. Everybody chill. I mean, for me, the bad move was firing Buck in the first place. That was the bad move to me. What you, who you were playing? Did, did they really with? fire him, though, or did he want to leave? Like, that's, not, okay, that's valid. That's fair. Sure, they fired him. That, that's fair. Um, that's fair. Uh, Buck may have said, I'm done. 
<laughs> and it is kind of interesting that he immediately pivoted <laughs> to the Angels of all teams, but uh, they're not hiring him now because now we got Ron Washington. Uh, that was announced here before we started recording, which, you know, real quick on that, I mean, Samantha, we beat up on the Angels' decision-making pretty good here. I mean, if we're, if we're not talking trash cans in Houston, we're talking about how bad the Angels' front office ownership is, actually. Not front office, ownership is, and making decisions. I'm going to give them props on this one. I think they nailed it. I think they nailed this one. Because of where they're going to be as an organization with all these young players coming up, that's the type of manager you want. The one that's actually going to be out there with those young kids, doing those infield drills, doing those outfield drills, teaching them how to be major league players. I think that's exactly who the Angels need right now. So they they actually, for once, made a good move. I just, I'm having a hard time praising this because I like Wash, and now I feel terrible for him. Um, because this oh, is not okay. going anywhere good. Like, But, yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying, and I, I think you're absolutely right that, like, Wash is, like, a, somebody threw his name out to me as Guardians manager, and I was kind of like, no, that, that doesn't make any sense for where this team is. But I like Wash, and I think... He is very, very good at being a, a shepherd, um, and he's exactly the kind of person I think you need who is very good at training up young players, teaching them what it means to be part of Major League Baseball. I think he'll be great at it. The Angels will still find a way to screw it up, and they're probably going to ruin his life. Of course. But, you know, it's, I mean, it is a good hire, except for the part where it ruins his life. He's gonna, he's gonna be back on the sauce again after like a year there, not because of the players, but because of the front office and the ownership. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's poor Wash. You deserve better. That's that's gonna be a problem. But I mean, like, I don't know. Irby, it, it's kind of it's kind of interesting to me. Um, as we mentioned off the top, it's been a week since the Rangers fought, you know got over the hump and won the championship. Look back at twenty eleven. The principal, a couple of the principal people, Nelson Cruz and Wright, Rod Washington not replacing Nelson Cruz and Wright. The Rangers win the World Series. Nelson Cruz retires the next day. A week later, Ron Washington has his first second shot at being a manager. You know, it's it's. I, I, I'm happy for Wash, but I also agree with Samantha. It's not the best situation for him to be in. Oh no, definitely not. And and that's what I. I maybe being the third base coach and infield instructor for the Braves is a better position here. But, hey, if Wash wanted another shot, then happy for him that he's getting this opportunity. Um, I couldn't help but keep thinking of the – I know he was not in the movie, but in Moneyball, uh, when they were just trying to sell it to Hattie Berg. It's like, playing first base is easy, right, Wash? It's incredibly hard. <laughs> like, that's what's going to happen it's here. favorite with, line. <laughs> with, with Artie Moreno and everything. Artie, this is going to be really, Artie's going to be like, oh, it's going to be really easy to turn around. This is easy to do. And Wash is going to be going, it's incredibly hard. But oh God, it's, I hope for him. I, I'm excited to see him get another chance. Um, he will, as, I mean, even when he was catching with the Braves this year, he'll get, you know, some of those standing ovations in Arlington. And he'll get a few of those this year, too, especially with them doing well. Um, so, hey, if he wanted another shot, kudos. You know, this was one. I honestly, was surprised by it. I really thought at this point he was fine being a, a, a coach and not the manager, just being a coach of something he loves to do infield, um, running the bases, third base coaching, things like that, just being a coach on a good team. So I'm actually a little surprised that he did want to move on, but if that's what you want, go for it. Happy for him. All right. Uh, so that leaves three teams, Samantha, uh, the, Astros, the Brewers, and the Padres still without a manager. So I, I, I'm going to make this short and sweet because we we still have to talk a little football. Um, of those three, which one would you need to take the least amount of shots before every game to manage? Well, okay, I'll first let me just answer for the general. Like, it depends on whether you have no soul, no sense, or no hope. That's fair. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. The least amount of shots to manage them, it's got to be the Brewers, right? Like, I would rather be responsible for somebody's boring, soft rebuild, mm -hmm. but then you would also have to live in Milwaukee, which is a bummer. Um, I don't know. You know what? You know what? I would take that Padres job because you know what? You're going to get a bunch of money. You're going to get canned in a year. Like, 
So you don't have to worry about like, you know, how long can I take it before I too go insane like the people around me. And you get to live in San Diego. Yeah. So like if, if there's no benefit to being the baseball coach of any of the three, like where do you want to live? Like, you know what? Like I could surf more often there. I can eat fish tacos. I will be notably less distressed about the fact that everyone around me and everything around me is a flaming dumpster fire. This is so this is why I like Buck. He goes from Queens to San Diego. It's perfect. Yeah. And you could be the Mets of the West. And he's earned that. Buck's earned that. Buck has earned the opportunity to manage in paradise. Yeah. He's I think he, Buck has earned a beach vacation. Yeah. You know? like, And we all know that's a beach vacation because you don't actually get to manage. It's just the guy ahead of, above you does crazy stuff. And and you just kind of roll with it. And you're like, okay, you know what? Like, I'm just going to go stare, stare at the sunset and eat a chocolate. <laughs> yeah. All right, Irby, same question for you. Which of those three teams, the Astros, the Brewers, or the Padres, are you taking less shots to manage? Um Man, I'm I'm I deep cover. Uh deep 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 cover. I uh, no shots, don't need enough to pay me, I'll take the Astros job. Give me three, four years and I can turn that thing upside down. <laughs> oh, are you gonna go? I see. Oh, you're gonna go and be the the like the, the mole. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. Oh, man. Start out day one. Yeah, in my interview, that is nice. That's... Wire, stick it out of my shirt and everything. Bang on very the very selfless of you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, I, <laughs> why are we trading away prospects? We don't need stupid prospects. They never do anything. Jim, <laughs> let's just buy stuff. Bring Albert Pujols back. <laughs> This is the difference between me and you. I would never make it through a year there without murdering someone. <laughs> so no, I would we, we love you for fighting the good fight yeah. for the rest of us. I would, I would definitely need like weekly calls with you guys. Like, I mean, how's it going? I'm so scared. <laughs> it's so <laughs> terrible here. You would need the shots. I don't believe that you would need the shots. Yeah. How do you get through the day? Well, Michael Brantley's here. So I kind of hug on him and hang out with yeah. him as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is, yeah. Poor, poor Michael Brantley. Um, right, Bo, well, what about you, Bo? Where, where will you have to drink the least to survive? <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm not used to these questions being thrown back at me, but I'll answer it. Uh, absolutely 100% San Diego. Yeah, yeah. Without mm-hmm. a doubt. Um, Milwaukee is a place that I don't think, in, until, until they actually sink some money into those rosters, I don't think you're going to win there. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to win in Houston because everything is tainted there. San, right. San Diego, I mean, you at least have something you can kind of halfway work with with that roster. And sure, you know. And the problem, though, the problem though is Preller dictating your lineup. Um, mm-hmm. That that's the real problem with San Diego. It, it, yeah, the roster construction is bad. They they spent poorly when they spent all that money. They spent very poorly, okay. But the fact that you got a general manager going to a absolutely well accomplished manager in Melvin at the time, now he's with somebody else, thank God, right? But actually going to him and be like, you know, I think your line, I want the lineup to be this. Can you imagine the gall of that guy to do that? I mean, can't you just picture, if I was Bob Melvin, I would just slap him across the face and then turn around and walk away. Like, how dare you? Yeah. Like, don't talk to me about my lineup. It's my lineup. It's the lineup that I'm it's stuck also, with. Because of your roster Someone explained to me why AJ Preller is qualified to to fill out a lineup card. Uh, he's explained not. this to me. He's yeah. not. I, don't, I would like to know how he got his job in baseball to begin with. I guess we have to talk to John Daniels about that. Like, I would like to know how that yeah, guy graduated <laughs> from college. Like, I have a lot of questions. Um, I think this is like the Andy Bernard that, you know, I have successfully walked four marathons or whatever it is. Like, I just refuse to ever go away. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. There, that is worth exploring even deeper. It's A.J. Preller, the Andy Bernard of Major League Baseball. Yeah, Cornell educated. Yes. You just walk around the uh, the office all the time. Let's go, Big Red. <laughs> the in acapella group called baby. "Here Comes Trouble." I can um, see AJ Preller having sung acapella or actively singing oh, acapella. Man. Yes. Oh. Oh. All right. 
Well, Irby, anything you want to add? I, here? Oh my god! Oh my god! Uh oh. Guess where something? AJ Preller went to college? Please, please. Cornell University. Yes. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. He's <laughs> Andy Bernard. This is the best thing I've ever seen. I've never loved Wikipedia more than I do right now. Oh my gosh, he is Andy Bernard. He is. <laughs> I can't believe it. I was just hoping for any lesser Ivy. He you know, went to Cornell. Like a week ago, we were crying out of excitement and relief. Now I'm tearing up again. This is amazing. This is the best thing that's happened to me all week, you guys. Best thing that's happened to me all week. <laughs> and I got a manager. Walks around. <laughs> he definitely walks around that office. Come on, Bill Probably why he walks into walks into the the, the clubhouse. Hey guys, uh, what do y'all want to do? You wanna you wanna go watch uh, Cornell Hofstra slaughter? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. <laughs> yep. Never be able to convince me otherwise. Oh, what a gift this is. Oh, more on this next week. <laughs> oh, no doubt. No doubt. We're going to have to do a segment on this now. Um, oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, All right, well. The chase hurts from laughing. <laughs> All right, while Samantha catches her breath, Irby, any any uh, additional thoughts here before we go to the NFL? Anything at all? No, no, no. I'm uh, with her. I'm in, I, I'm, I'm in cloud nine. Go Big Red. Go Cornell. <laughs> oh, well, man, let's talk about, talk about a nice little segue. Let's talk about the worst teams in football, shall we? Uh, we're halfway through the year, and we've got two teams that have won one game. The Panthers and the Cardinals have both won one game. We got three that have won two. You got the Patriots, the Giants, and the Bears have all won two games. Broncos and Titans have won a blistering three. So we have a lot more really bad teams, Samantha, than I think we've seen in a bit. <clears throat> Who's got the inside track? Who's going to be our number one overall pick in next year's draft? Um, well, we have the pick bowl this week, right? Isn't Carolina play Chicago? Uh, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but sure. So I believe Carolina plays Chicago this week. I think I think um, this is well. Not only do they play each other, but I believe they play each other on Thursday night. So that's a primetime game. So, so the pick bowl. In prime time on Thursday. <laughs> so whoever loses are, that game you are is getting the number one pick. You are correct. Bears-Panthers is the Thursday night game this week. Oh, boy. <laughs> so there's your answer. Whoever loses this Thursday is getting the number one overall pick. So brace yourself. You're saying Cowboys. Panthers or Bears. Okay. All right. Yeah. Irby, how about you? What do you think? Um... Wait, between those two or our number one overall pick no, overall? Well, yeah, who do you think is going to be number one? I mean, number one overall. Oh, pick. Arizona. I, 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 and yes, I hear everyone say, but Kyler's coming back. I know. That's why I'm more confident. <laughs> All right, I'm going to toss a team out there, and you're, you're both going to disagree with me wholeheartedly, and that's fine. I'm a big boy. I can take it. Uh, part of this is me trying to manifest this because I want to see this. So badly, I can't even describe you. Well, I, I know where this is. I know where this is going. <laughs> I want to see Belichick's Patriots picking one overall. That's actually not what I thought you were going to say. No, I oh. thought you were just trying to dunk on the Giants again. Um, they do that themselves. Like the, I want to see the Patriots though. at one. I want to see the Patriots at one. I want to see if they trade out of one because you know they will. I want to. Oh, see they this. would. I want to. Oh, see they this. definitely. They definitely would. But what I would want to know is, does that take Bill Belichick out of the, like, forced retirement situation? Because if the Patriots end up with the number one, you have to ask yourself, did the Patriots tank on purpose because they hate Mac Jones? And then all of a sudden, it's, we're back to, oh, it was all part of the master plan. <laughs> I don't care. If it's a master plan, fine. I just want to see it. <laughs> yeah, one other thing, too, um, about Thursday night. Um, so Carolina actually does not have their first-round pick. Carolina's oh, right. first round pick goes to the Bears. 
Oh, so, so it's the Bears of the Bears. Okay. Yes, so the Bears, Bears on Thursday night will be helping and hurting their own draft pick. Yeah, but wow. you're still looking at Does a Bears team. Mean, uh, are they going to be picking like twice in the top three? I yeah yeah I mean that's in that kind of what you want to do is you want to win that game so yeah. that you hurt Carolina even more because you know you're going to tank yourself even more or or do the Bears start playing 4D chess and play for the tie? It's the Bears on Thursday night. It's the well as I was say yeah the smart play would be to go for the tie but do you think that's even occurred? It's the Bears. It's the Bears. <laughs> even even if they wanted to tie, I don't think they could pull it off. I, I would love it so much if they could, and then just told us all we 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 planned that. <laughs> sure, I believe this. <laughs> all right. So next question, sticking with bad teams, uh, Samantha, coaches on the hot seat. Who's your list? Who do you, th- who do you think? Who do you think's feeling that? Feeling it a little bit on, on the backside. Um. Well, I mean, the obvious ones, obviously, Eberflus certainly needs to be on that list. McDaniels has already been fired. Um, other than that, I, then I think you get into stuff that's more, I guess, process-oriented or more about disappointment rather than just being bad. Um, I wonder a little bit about LaFleur. Um, because, you know, we were all told, well, Jordan Love, you know, you, you won't even miss Aaron Rodgers, and you're like, you guys couldn't even win with Aaron Rodgers, so right. how is this going to be better? So, I mean, I don't know. Like, LaFleur, I would be rushing to fire that guy if I were Green Bay. He, he's at the top of my list um, as far as, like, incompetent coaches, and then the rest of the teams that are, are doing poorly, you know, Gannon's a first-year coach, so it's not going to be him. Belichick is not going to be fired. He will be allowed to quietly... Um, crawl back down into the um, coffin he sleeps in um, or whatever it is, you know, like vampires, you know, how they crawl into the dirt at night, you know, he's just going to, he would be allowed to to voluntarily do that. Um, And I, you know, there's not really anybody else, you know, of the other teams that are bad. I mean, like, we're not, the Giants, like, you're not firing anybody, right? It's not a coaching issue, or at least it's not a coaching issue to that extent, so... Oh, but you know who else has to go on this list, depending on how they do? Mike McCarthy. Yep. There it is. There it is. <laughs> oh, and of course, number one with a bullet, I, I didn't. I should have mentioned this first, is obviously Brandon Staley, who wants to get fired, clearly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is, you, know, you, you, you brought up uh, Belichick being allowed to walk away himself. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to trade him. Also a possibility. Yeah, I think that's a possibility. Belichick to San to I almost said San Diego um, to L.A. Yeah, or Dallas. Who says no? You wish. I do, I do wish. <laughs> you, do you think Belichick and yeah, Belichick and Jerry Jones? Absolutely not. It'll never happen. It worked with Parcells no. for a few years. They would kill each other. <laughs> All the more reason I to just do it. That might work out answer. for Dallas in the long run. <laughs> Fair point. That is a good point. I mean, it's like, I just told you this man's basically a vampire. He sleeps under a mound of dirt in, like, you know, Transylvania or whatever. But, um, you know, you're right. That might work out okay for Dallas. Yeah. Maybe not so hot for Jerry Jones, but better for Dallas. And Belichick would, Irby Belichick would absolutely love the Dallas media. Love them. Oh, yes. This is true. (laughs) (laughs) They're true. Um, All right, who's if your he list? takes the, if, if he takes that Chargers job, if he if that move happens, does that improve Buck Showalter's chances of taking the gig out there as well? Oh, interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I don't think it hurts it. I don't know <laughs> if it helps it. I don't know. Do you really picture them as like? I don't think they would be friends. Like, I think Buck would be like, "Hey, how you doing?" And Belichick would be like, "Shut up." But that's why it works. Like it's that's that's a a, a a TV show in the making out there in LA. It would have very little dialogue. Buck and Bill. <laughs> Buck and Bill take Los Angeles, <laughs> take Southern California. I guess you have to say Buck and Bill take Southern California. Why not? Nope. Um, no. He's gonna have to get that husky haircut. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but my list is that one right there. It's the Chargers. Uh, yeah, that's top of my list. I know there will be others. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm not buying the Tampa Bay conversation just yet. 
Uh, you can't blame it on the Cardinals because they were supposed to be losing. I the Rams, I will see, but no, it's 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 out there in LA. It's the Chargers. I think that's where it's going to happen because everyone else here was um, you know, you you weren't supposed to be competing. I mean, I guess Matt out there in, in Chicago as well is another one that I can see being a victim. But I, yeah, I think things in, in in Charger land, even though it's four and four, but like that's the goal. Like I mean. This is right on par. Like they, they're going to go five and four the rest of the way, be nine and eight, and probably somehow slip into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. All right, one more then, <clears throat> one more question about the NFL before we call it a week. Uh, again, we're, we're going down this nice dark path with the NFL. Baseball gave us joy, so we're going to go dark with the NFL. <laughs> All right, Smith, I'm going to give you ultimate power over over the NFL. You can fire anyone. Anyone you want, fan bases, mascots, owners, coaches, the commissioner of football himself, the stadium staff at the Meadowlands. Like, like, who do you want to fire? Uh, well, I've had a lot of practice at this, for those of you who know me from Twitter. Uh, uh, there, yeah. there is a... Um, been working on this for years, but so my list is long. Um, where to begin? Um, so many people I would like to see fired. We will start with Mike McCarthy. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy. Um, John Elway, who I'm aware is no longer a decision maker, but I want him fired again just to be safe. Aaron Rodgers. I want him fired from um, being allowed to speak. I just he can't be allowed to talk life like ever <laughs> under any <laughs> circumstances. <laughs> yeah. He's just fired from like, he can go live a cave with his mushrooms or whatever. I don't care. But like, he's no longer allowed to talk. I don't want to hear from him. So, um, he needs to be fired. Um, Desmond Ritter needs to be fired. This is my personal agenda. Like, sorry, dude, but like, you know, Taylor Heineke must triumph. Um, so I'm going to need that to happen. I need Trevor Lawrence's hair to be fired because every time I see it, it makes me a little nauseous. Um, so that's got to go. Um, I, there, there are just so many. Did I forget any critical ones? Like, who else do I want fired? Um, I don't know, guys. That might be it. That might be it for the NFL. I have a lot of, I'm focused more on college football and baseball right now, I think, um, in this respect. But that's, I think that's what I want fired for now. <laughs> and like, most of the mascots. Like, the, the NFL is not. <laughs> great at mascots right there are a lot of them that are gonna need to go so you know we may i'm gonna save that because there may be a whole you know we did mascot swap and mascot firing in baseball and i think maybe we should do the same thing for football i'm just gonna sit on that one we will we will save that for a a future podcast (laughs) (laughs) all right irby who are you firing um Anyone and everyone in charge of the Falcons offense who keeps benching Bijan Robinson? What the hell? <laughs> yeah, what is that? What is that about? <laughs> what a good point. What it, but it, but it goes even further than that. Like you, you drafted Kyle Pitts to make him block. <laughs> you drafted Bijan Robinson to not hand him the book. Why? What? 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 Like you can pick other people. It's I. Yeah, I. I can't there. Um. I'm I'm fine with the uh, Patrick Mahomes. I got no issues there. I just want to fire his entourage and family. Everybody. Oh, good point. Yeah, gone. the wife and the brother. Yeah, gone. Yes, agree. Agree. Disappear. But actually, <laughs> that actually might need to be the number one priority. Like Pat can stay. Brother, that's what. Yeah, has to go. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. Outside. Oh man, I don't. I. You know. I. Always had the personal agenda against Pete Carroll, but um, since lately Pete can't really put a football team together to beat my Niners, so keep his job. Like, sure, whatever. Go for it, man. But, yeah, Pete, I'm done with Pete. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think that's it right now. Like, that's a that's a solid that's a solid group. Um, everyone else, yeah, I'm, I, I mean, it's and, – and, and I don't want to spread it out too thin. Like, it's the effort needs to be in Atlanta – and Kansas City entourages. Well, uh, I agree with all that. I'm going to add a few. Uh, I, I would like to fire the Commanders and the Bears for what they did to Montez Sweat. It's just inexcusable what they did to that poor player. 
Uh, I would like to fire the, 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 the referee crew in, in, in Dallas, Philly, who were able to call that uh, that a, a pass was his knees were down on the line, on the end zone, but not the pass interference that happened because of it. We're, not, we're just not going to call that. That's fine. That's fine. We're not going to call holding, obvious holding throughout that game, but we're going to call pass interference when the ball wasn't even catchable. Uh, so I'm, I'm firing that referee crew because they were just absolutely abysmal. Who else can I fire? The Texans, just because, the, you know, why not? They're Houston. I want to fire everything Houston. Can we just fire everything Houston? Can we do that? But not, but not C.J. Stroud now. CJ Stroud came out and said that oh, all no. that Yeah, could we fire Houston? Just like the whole place, the whole thing. Yeah. Like the team, the fans, the owner, the everyone in charge, but we're just going to swoop in with a helicopter and pick CJ Stroud out of there and that works. You know, move him to a safe location. I'm okay with that. Okay. Okay. You know what's going to be great is as we do that, Carolina's going to go, can we have him? No, no, that's your chance. I said safe location. <laughs> We're gonna go on the quarterback witness protection program. The Bears are us. Nope, not you either. <laughs> oh boy, but I, I think that's it. I mean, between my list and 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 each of you, I think that covers the spectrum of of people that we just want out of here. Well, we've, we've destroyed a lot of careers today, so add yourselves in. I mean, I mean, to be fair, they, 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 they did it to themselves. Yeah. Thank you. Thank I you. would agree with that. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. Except, I mean, I, I feel a little bit bad about Desmond Ritter, but this is just a casualty. He can get a job somewhere else. That's not a permanent firing. It just, well, it probably is permanent firing because he's not getting another job. <laughs> but sorry, man, you had your chance. Uh, <laughs> All right, that's enough. That's enough firing people for today. <laughs> I'm actually pleasantly surprised that we didn't fire each other, because that would actually, as funny as that would have been, it would also been a little awkward. All right. Well, wherever you're listening to us, whatever, wherever you get your podcast, give us a like, subscribe to the show, help us out with that algorithm so we can get some more lollygaggers in here. Uh, maybe you get a whole other list of people that want to get fired. Huh. We need more lollygaggers for that. Until next week, watch some football. It's good for you. There's something strange in your neighborhood.